Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. <laughs> Got a frog in my throat. I'll probably wake up with warts on my tongue. Hey, good morning. It's the Sports Animals now on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, top uh, top things we're following today. Well, good news for you, GD. It's the start of the NBA season. I love the sound of yeah. that. That is great news. A couple of games tonight, always the defending champions, the Denver Nuggets. And for some reason, the Lakers always start the season in recent years against the defending champions, at least two years in a row. Yeah, and we can actually start paying attention now. Oh, gosh, it's going to be about a month, almost two months. We can start paying attention. So I'm paying attention from day now. one. Day one, baby. Uh, all right, Major League Baseball. The Rangers are in. They win it yesterday, and it's game seven for the Phillies and the D-backs today. Boy, the Astros have been victimized twice, where in a seven-game series, the World Series several years ago, the home team wins zero games. The road team wins it all. It cost them the series against Washington, and it happened again this weekend and last night, losing games six and seven at home. I did not expect that, and Texas Rangers going back for the first time in 12 years. All right, and, of course, we got the Phillies and Dimebacks today. That's a game seven. You can catch it. Uh, the broadcast starts at 1.30 this afternoon on ESPN Honolulu. Can't wait for that game as well. I thought the Phillies were going to get them yesterday, Arizona, at home where they've been great. And with Zach Wheeler, their ace on the mound, did not work out. I believe he let up four runs and a couple of home runs in the second inning cost them. All right. Uh, we have got uh, – it's going to be an exciting week in high school volleyball uh, this week. Uh, the ILH super heavyweight fight is on again. Kamehameha and Punahou. Uh, that's coming up on Thursday. You can hear that on CBS 1500. But uh, we're going to see some good volleyball. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the high school f volleyball is great in the state anyway. I mean, you have the ILH teams, as you mentioned, playing. I mean, the two powers, and uh, I don't know who will win, but it's going to be a great match coming up. It always is. All right, one snap and clear, baby. UH football, homecoming week. we got San Jose State going for the Dick Tomey Trophy. Uh, that's coming up this weekend. Time to focus on that. Yeah, the Dick Tomey Legacy Trophy. And for San Jose, they come in with a two-game winning streak. They've been playing much better of late. Uh, we'll have their coach, Brett Brennan, on the show tomorrow. For Hawaii, they just need a win. They, they really need a win, and uh, this is a stretch where I thought they could win a game or two, and it's time to do it, especially after last Saturday's big disappointment against New Mexico. It'd be nice to turn things around. What better chance, what better opportunity than when you have homecoming, and especially with Chevin Cordero's been playing really well is also for San Jose. Yeah, you know, San Jose State has uh, – Chevin Cordero's doing okay, uh, and he's he's not the problem with whatever is going on uh, with San Jose State. One of the things is uh, San Jose State, they give up a lot. 
They give up a lot of points. They score a lot, though, to their scoring about 33 a game, and they've been really deadly in the second half. They've outscored their opponents the last two games in the second half, 66-14. to 14. So whatever they're doing at halftime has really worked. So maybe the defense is, is struggling, but the offense is not. Again, 33 points a game is going to be tough to beat. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, 33 points is what a lot of college – that's not rare in Division One college football. Um, they've had some tough opponents too, though. I mean, they've, uh, they open up the season getting blown out by USC, who isn't who we thought they were lately, it seems like, but you know, a nationally ranked USC, uh, that's on the road. Uh, they kind of get blown out by Oregon state at home. They beat Cal Poly and then they lost at Toledo. I don't know much about what are they? The Rockets? Is it still the Toledo Rockets? I believe it is. is. Anyway, the Toledo. Uh, they lose a close one, and um, you know they 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 lose a close one, twenty-one to seventeen on the road. Uh, they get pretty beat pretty bad by Air Force, who's now nationally ranked. They're on the road. They lose to Boise State. So you know they beat New Mexico, but they had to do it. They had to come from behind to do that, actually. But this is a team that um, this is a team that's. It, on paper, it looks like they've kind of struggled, but at the same time, they've uh, they've had a pretty tough schedule too. Well, again, the Boise game was pretty close. I mean, they lost that one uh, on the road by, by a only a touchdown. Yeah. New Mexico, though, might have been they might have been struggling, but they beat them by twenty eight points. Uh, again, the second half of the last two games, they've been coming out and really doing a great job, and they've got a potent offense. It's not just Chevin Cordero; their running back Kyrie Robinson is averaging over six yards a carry. Had a touchdown in every game this year. So their their offense is really good, and they've got a really strong running game. You know the um 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 is I don't know. Gosh, I it, it escaped my mind. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I just say about thought, th- other thoughts. <laughs> San Jose, again, they're a team that, I mean, I think a lot of people were kind of surprised at the beginning that they were the homecoming opponent. Uh, And I'm not sure if that was due to Chevin or not, but we saw what they did last year. They defeated Hawaii up in San Jose. We've had crazy games against them over the year where late high-scoring games, overtime, uh, everything basically has happened there. But this is a good football team that some people thought might be competing for a Mountain West championship before the season. They have struggled, as we said. Again, in conference right now, uh, they are just 2-2. and They're still trying to get to a bowl game at 3-5. and five. So this was an important game for them to get to that goal, at least of being a bowl team. Right, but their two losses are against Air Force and um, uh, Air Force and Boise State. So you can see how they're maybe at 2-2. Two and two. And, you know, Air Force was predicted to be good. I think a lot of people thought that, hey, this is going to be the team to beat because they got the Mountain West preseason offensive player of the week in Chevin Cordero. The year. Right. We said the week. Right. Okay. But what I'm getting at is that this is a guy that he's still doing okay. He's still about it. I don't know. I have the numbers in front of me somewhere here, but he still throws for about 60% completions and he runs. He's a very good runner. Uh, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to throw, he's not going to throw like Braden Shager. Uh, that's not what he does. But at the same time, he, uh, you know, his feet really help him out. 
Yeah, I mean, they're a team also. They don't turn the ball over that much as well. They're number 14 in the country in turning the ball over. Uh, they're wow. only six all year. Uh, they have a plus seven overall, so they don't get the ball back via turnover much, but they don't turn it over, and that's something that's been obviously struggle. Uh, something that's been causing costing Hawaii of late with the interceptions and fumbles. This is a team that doesn't hurt themselves, where Hawaii's got to straighten that out to stay in this game. Right. Hawaii, by the way, is last in the country in the turnover battle. <laughs> that's wow. not good. Yeah, that's, well, I mean, it, it explains a lot, doesn't it? Yes, yes, yes. Doesn't it explain a lot? I mean, it's, you take away those fumbles. You're giving the other team extra possessions. I know that's very, you know, very minor. But at the same time, it's, um, it's, it, it's something you, I don't know what to do. I mean, do you, do you do the old school carry the football around with you at class? Uh, I mean, how do you, how do we just keep coming up with the same things? I don't know. It's, it's like John Venary said yesterday. It's still kind of been a learning process for coaches and receivers and quarterbacks. It's just, you know, you say what you want about the learning process and offense, but what are we doing on defense? Well, I want to go back to the turnovers for a second. I mean, at this point of the season, it might be a learning process, a work in progress and all that stuff, but to turn the ball over the way they have, that shouldn't be the case now. That's something that right. is not a work in pro- shouldn't be a work in progress or something they need to learn. The run and shoot, okay, we understand it's not 100% in as way how, how they want it to be, but the turnover shouldn't be happening in the numbers they have in the last couple of games. So Timmy Chang yeah. talked about it after the game on Saturday, saying, you know, we teach them how to do this. We teach them about ball security and things like that, but it has hasn't worked lately. I think that'd be a great question. I'm sure it's going to be it's going to be brought up tomorrow on the Timmy Chang show uh, at six o'clock with John and Timmy because that's something that needs. I know it's been addressed. I know the fans are wondering what they're doing to correct it, but it seems like they've addressed it. Now it's a matter of the execution of not turning the ball over in the numbers they have. That's you're not yeah. going to win games when you're turning the ball over with three interceptions and a fumble in you know basically two weeks in a row. And even in the Vegas game, it happened a little bit too. Yeah, and I, and the three interceptions again. It, it, it's not all on Braden Shager. It, it's a little bit on everybody. It's a team effort in the way we give the ball away. It really is. It is, but regardless, it shouldn't happen. I mean, it's not just one culprit. Sure. Yeah, it's not where he deserves all the blame, like you said, with Shager. Still, as a team, you can't keep doing this. Um, you just Again, you're, you're a struggling team anyway. And, again, that's part of the reason that Mexico looked as good as they did on Saturday is because we gave them so many opportunities, uh, extra opportunities. So uh, I don't know if they would have won the game if they only turned the ball over once in that game, but it didn't help their cause. And I'm hoping that's something that will not be the reason they've lost because in games that they've lost, I mean, the San Diego State game, yeah, there were turnovers as well. But in some of these games, that wasn't the main problem with them losing. It might have been defense, but penalties and other things coming into play. But with these turnovers lately, that that's troubling because that's something, like they say, it's correctable, it's fixable. It shouldn't have happened in these numbers in the first place, though, not at this stage. Yeah. All right. So, anyway, we got San Jose State uh, coming up here uh, Saturday at a T, uh, excuse me, Clarence T.C. Ching Complex. Uh, look out for the San Jose State. Not only pretty good in the turnover battle, but also pretty good on special teams. This is this is something to kind of watch for. 
they are number two in the conference. They, they, they block punts, so they're, they're creating the turnovers on special teams as well, and that's not encouraging as well. Uh, so that, that's something they're strong at, which we haven't really talked a lot about this season with some teams having an advantage or a big advantage in special teams. And I don't know what the overall advantage is. I just know that they are good on special teams, and that's going to be something Hawaii's going to have to watch because Hawaii has not been great on special teams. A couple of fumbles two weeks in a row on punt returns by Stephen McBride – one cost them against San Diego State. Yeah, Matthew Shipley's been a positive. Yeah, though. yeah, he Look, has. He has, sure. And yeah. our, our long snapper uh, <laughs> has been pretty good. I don't remember his name, but I know our long snapper is, is uh, well-respected in the league. But uh, besides that. Yeah, it hasn't. I mean, again, the, the fumbles on punt returns you can't afford. Again, it's just too many mistakes that, again, we, I don't think people expected to happen at this point of the season. That's what's a little bit more than just a little disappointing is that those kind of mistakes are happening early on. Uh, in the middle right. point, if it happens early on, you can kind of hey, understand it. You know what? I'm, I'm trying to look forward here. Let's look at this. You know, maybe, maybe the light switch goes off. Sometimes you'll see those games where, you know, uh, two weeks ago we thought the – San Francisco 49ers were unstoppable. And then you get a little injuries, things happening here and there, and they lose two games in a row. I mean, they lose last night to the Minnesota Vikings, who really have no defense to speak of, but uh, they certainly played defense last night. You know, maybe it's because Debo's have whatever it is. And anything can change. And that's what I'm looking forward to this week. I'm looking forward to a good, fun football game one of these days and it might be this week on homecoming one of these days one of these days it's going to happen it hasn't happened yet but one of these days and it could be against san jose state wouldn't that be so fitting on homecoming, huh? It would be. I mean, any any win right now is key, and hopefully they can turn it around. I mean, the, the, a lot of some of their goals are not going to be fulfilled. Again, bowl team, Mountain West championship, but having some momentum in the off season and just getting a win or two uh, is obviously key for everybody: players, coaches, fans. And uh, it'd be nice to have it happen because it seemed like they were making progress at points this season, but not lately. And I know they have enough talent where they can win some of these games, but it hasn't happened lately. They can really use one on Saturday night. Yeah, okay, I'm going to continue to look forward and not look back because as June Jones says, one snap and clear. Let's just, uh, you know, let's just pretend <laughs> that this was all just a, uh, it was all uh, exhibition games leading up to this. That, uh, yeah, that's the ticket. Anyway, looking forward to uh, uh, Hawaii football coming up. Good to see the boys back at home. It's 16 minutes after the hour. We're the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. Weather-wise, today it is going to be, well, it's real nice out here in the 96701, but they say partly cloudy. Some sources tell us we've got some thunderstorms on the way. So uh, look out for that. Dress accordingly. We're going to check your traffic and be back in a second on ESPN Honolulu. Do we have a special guest coming up? I lost my paper. Yes, Nate Kreckman will be joining us. has the official Mountain West football podcast, and uh, he'll be joining us talking about Hawaii and everybody else in the Mountain West. All right. Uh, hey, want to let you know that uh, we're bringing you the Timmy Chang Show. You heard Gary mention it. It's coming up uh, tomorrow night, 6 p.m., Ruby Tuesday, Moanalua. You can join the Venaries, Coach Chang, and they usually have a, a student athlete as well in attendance. Uh, you can join us in person, on the radio, or on uh, K-High TV the very next day. Check it out. Call the coach, excuse me, the Timmy Chang Show on ESPN Honolulu.
And we are going to talk some more UH football and Mountain West football here with the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Joining us right now, he is the host of the official Mountain West football podcast. Back with us, Nate Kreckman. Nate, great to have you on again. And we're going to go around the Mountain West, and we'll start with the University of Hawaii. Season not going the way we had hoped for. What are your observations on what you've seen with UH football so far? Yeah, it's, you know, it looks like this is still a program that I think is trying to settle into its new identity. And I think in that really has sort of been the story of what this season has been like so far. It's It's been up, it's been down, it's been inconsistent at best. And, and I think that really that shouldn't have been terribly unexpected coming off of a three-win season last year. You know, but you look at it and you say, man, you lose at home to San Diego State. They just lost to Nevada. Oh, you lost to New Mexico, that's not a good team. Like those were those were sort of the games that were staring at you on the schedule as being a little bit winnable. You know, you still have Nevada, but you got to go to Reno to play that game. Um, I don't know how many wins I see left on the schedule for Hawaii right now. What do you think of the main problems with their struggles, especially their recent struggles as conference play starts? Well, it's it, defensively. Uh, there's issues all over the place. I mean, giving up forty plus in three consecutive games. And two of those games are San Diego State and New Mexico. It really does start on that side of the ball. I know injuries have beset that group, and, and, and that's been unfortunate. But this is a part of, you know, a new coaching staff in year number two. You're going to need a few recruiting cycles to sort of get your pieces in place. Uh, but to me, the biggest thing that is jumping out is on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you look at it, you know, Shakers, his numbers are good so far this season. Pafele Ashlock is sort of – he, he's been a, a nice breakout player. McBride's put up numbers. Like there's, there's good performances happening on the offensive side of the ball. They just can't stop anybody. What do you think the perception around the Mountain West is as far as teams having to play here? It's such a small venue. We all know about it. But what do you think the thought is around the league when teams do come here? You know, I, I think that, uh, number one, I think everybody likes a trip to Hawaii. I think they like sticking their donors on planes and, <laughs> and going out and, and going to those games. I, I think that that's always going to be happening. But, yeah, it's the, the stadium situation is unusual. I think it's something to have to get accustomed to. It's windy out there. I know for a lot of those games, I know you guys uh, noticed that out there as well. But, hey, look, Gary, it's Hawaii, okay? You're talking about the Mountain West Conference. It's about the, the temperatures. I live here in Denver. The temperatures are going to get into the teens this weekend. So anybody that still has a Hawaii game on the schedule, I think San Jose State, Air Force, and Colorado State, a couple of front-range teams are still going out there. Everybody loves going to Hawaii. Come on. Okay, that's always a good thing. We got that going for us, at least. We're talking Mountain yeah. West football with Nate Kreckman, the host of the official Mountain West football podcast on ESPN Honolulu. I, I would think maybe the bigger surprise team in the Mountain West could be UNLV. I mean, we'll get to Air Force in a second, but UNLV right now, undefeated in conference play. I know they struggled against Colorado State, but this is a team that's really turned things around. How have they been able to do that? Well, number one, it's not going to be ashamed of to struggle against Colorado State. Like, that's a good but underachieving CSU team. Um, how have they done it? It's really, when you look at it, it's even sort of more impressive once you get kind of granular with it because Doug Brumfeld is their starting quarterback. He's been hurt all year. Like, he got hurt in the Vanderbilt game, and they've relied on a freshman quarterback in Jaden Maiava who's who stepped out there, and while his numbers don't blow anybody away, like, He's been really consistent. He's taking care of the football. Uh, he's only thrown two interceptions, and 
in you know being the quarterback for most for the most part of five games, and he's gone five and zero in those games. Like they they you know they they won at UTEP, they won in Reno. Again, those aren't great teams, but those are the kind of games that UNLV would have lost in previous years. Barry Odom's done a really good job. Now it's it's not as though the the cupboard was bare taking over for the for the former staff, but he has stepped in. They're playing good defense. Ricky White's been a weapon for them offensively. Um, they have a really good kicker, which is not to be discounted. He's 18 of 19 kicking field goals so far this year. And, you know, in close conference games, that can sort of be the difference right there. So, yeah, without a doubt, UNLV is the surprise team. Now, let's let's remember here, guys, like their, their schedule is about to get a lot tougher. You, you know, UNLV is going to have to start playing the big boys. And that includes they're going to have to play at Fresno this week. They still have Wyoming. They still have Air Force on the schedule. So it's going to get a lot tougher uh, for this UNLV team. But, hey, bowl eligible is a great year one for Barry Odom. Especially to do that in October. I mean, that's really something for them at 6-1 and one right now. Okay, we mentioned Air Force. Uh, are you surprised with what they've been able to do? 4-0 in the conference, undefeated at 7-0, and top-ranked, uh, top-25 team for several weeks now. And they just look clearly to be the best team in the conference and really impressive all season long. No, they really are, and uh, am I, am I, I guess I've been a little bit surprised at how good their offense has been just because they had to replace, like, every ball carrier from a season ago, essentially, uh, assured of John Lee Eldridge. But having to replace Zeke Daniels at quarterback, Brad Roberts was the conference offensive player of the year last year, rushed for over 1,600 yards. Offensively, they haven't skipped a beat, and they've been able to hit some big-time pass plays this week. They hit a big one to Kinnaman in the win over Navy this week. And then defensively, top five in, in total defense, top five in scoring defense in the country. They're only giving up 13 points a game. Yeah, Troy Calhoun is the most complete team in the Mountain West. And, you know, you look at this upcoming schedule, you know, they're going to have to win at CSU, which is a rivalry game. They're going to have to win up at Boise but I think they're going to be favored in every game they play the rest of the season. They got an excellent shot at going 12 and 0. One team I'm really impressed with, and I guess it was what from watching the Wyoming Fresno State game, is Wyoming. I mean, I know they're two yeah. and one in the conference. Uh, I don't think they're necessarily going to play in the Mountain West Championship game, but I wouldn't count them out. They've been a little bit better than I thought they'd be. No, I, I agree with you. I think Wyoming's a really good team. They've got the kind of physicality, and you know, their front seven. There was a lot of expectations on that group coming into the season. I think they've totally lived up to it. I mean, Easton Gibbs, uh, that, that dude is just everywhere when you watch those games. He's a playmaker. He's got a couple of forced fumbles this year. Their run game has been good. Their quarterback play with Peasley, I, it's been up and down, but it has been mostly up of late. And, hey, they, they beat Fresno. like that. That is not to be discounted. That's a really good Fresno State team that they just beat. I'm not going to – Count Wyoming out quite yet. They're 2-1 and one in conference. They could be there at the end of the year. Who do you think as of right now, I know not even at the midway point for most schools, some are at the, at the fourth game of the season in conference, but who do you think would be playing in the Mountain West Championship game in early December? Yeah, right now I'm probably leaning Air Force, Fresno State. I just think that's the two best teams in the league. Um, so, so I think that's probably who I think ends up matching up at the end. I think Wyoming has a chance to play spoiler and 
UNLV is the dark horse, but their schedule gets a lot tougher here down the stretch. So I'd, I'd say those are the teams to look out for. But to me, right now, I, I think it's Air Force and Fresno State are, are just like a, a clear rung on the ladder above everybody else. Nate Kreckman joining us talking Mountain West football on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. How do you explain what took place last Saturday in San Diego? I know San Diego State hasn't had a great year. They looked pretty good against Hawaii, but some other schools have as well. But for Nevada to go there and shut them out, that I don't think anybody expected. <laughs> so it's, it's funny. I, uh, I get every week. A little insight here. I get a I get an email um, from the guy that produces San Diego State's radio broadcasts, and you know they chop up highlights and we use them on the on the podcast and everything like that. And the the producer um, when he sent San Diego State highlights this week, normally the subject line just says highlights. This week it said highlights question mark. <laughs> or, or, Which, or I, highlight, <laughs> not yeah, plural. I, I don't know how he came up with anything. They lost six to nothing, and it it wasn't like Nevada played well. Like their kicker missed a bunch of kicks. Like it was just the, with all due respect, the most hideous football game. Both quarterbacks were below fifty percent in terms of completion rate. Um, let's see, Aztecs were at four yards per carry. Nevada was at 3.7. Like, I I guess defense was great. If you really love low-scoring defensive affairs, this was the game for you. Um, but it, this is troubling for San Diego State. And, you know, Jalen Maiden and that offense, just they have not been able to find their groove in the slightest bit, and I think it's going to be another offseason where Brady Hoke's going to be looking for answers on that side of the ball. Hey, Nate, one last question for you. I know you, we can't predict exactly what will take place in the Mountain West as far as what teams will be in next year, but is there a cutoff point when that it has to be determined whether Washington State and Oregon State will join or will join them? Is there a cutoff date before that happens for next season? You know, I'm not totally clear on that. I know we're outside of, uh, you know, in terms of anybody in the Mountain West moving. I think we're we're outside of that, that buyout window, I believe, as of now. Um, and I think it kicks back in at some point next year. I, I honestly have no idea. My answer to it is, what else are they going to do, right? Like, like what, what, what else could they consider? Now, you know, there was the idea that was put out there. I think it was from Yahoo, and people had talked about it, about sort of like a relegation model if they were to get to 16 teams, which I think is kind of fun. I, you know, you're the Mountain West. you got to do something uh, interesting and different, and I sort of did like that idea. I don't know how realistic it is and how, how much university presidents are going to go for it, but in the very least, like, they're throwing things against the wall and they're thinking outside the box, and that's, that's good to hear. Well, it's good to hear you, of course. We'll get to hear you again with your podcast, the official Mountain West football podcast. Nate, always great talking Mountain West football with you. Thanks for joining us today. Anytime, Animal. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you. Nate Kreckman, he is the host of the official Mountain West football podcast, and he joins us on ESPN Honolulu. Total pro right there. He knows his stuff. Coming up on ESPN Honolulu, uh, you can call or text in, by the way, at 808-296-1420 do some comparisons between Hawaii and San Jose State as we start looking forward to the season and then we're going to give away a pair of tickets to the game so keep listening if you want free football tickets here on ESPN Honolulu also uh, I, I had a little bit of a rant I lost my mind a little bit yesterday about uh, coach Timmy Chang and what he has to deal with as a head coach 
in Hawaii. More on that all coming up. Hey, uh, while you're listening to the traffic report, check out Pigskin Picks at ESPNHonolulu.com. You could win the grand prize of $1,000 cash. Just picking football wins, like I do, or a lot of losses, like I won't mention You yeah, check names. the standings again. I didn't check the standings. Yeah, you did, should. Did I, even, did, I, did I win in fantasy football? Did I, I set no, my lineup? come on. Why do you even have to ask? I lost again? Well, that's fantasy football. And Pigskin Picks, you have a big two-game lead over me, so watch oh. out. Watch <laughs> out. All right. Uh, okay, now I'm all lost. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, anyway, check out uh, Pigskin Picks. It's brought to you by Young's Fish Market and M. Dyer Global. We'll check the traffic and be back with all that on ESPN Honolulu. All right, coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to give away those UH football tickets. Keep listening here. We're the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. As uh, we're kind of uh, the theme of today's show is one snap and clear. Let's look forward to homecoming and winning the Dick Tomey, uh, the Dick Tomey Legacy Trophy. And uh, I think Dick Tomey liked coaching at Hawaii better than San Jose State anyway. Sure. I'll go out and say it. Sure. <laughs> How long was he at San Jose State? I mean, I would say around four to five years, somewhere That's right all, in there. Huh? Yeah, it wasn't a very, very long time. But, he, I mean, he got them to a bowl game, which yeah. is something they haven't accomplished too often. And he got them money, which is something they don't usually accomplish. He scheduled those games and told us on this station that he scheduled Alabama and I think Ohio State just for the million-dollar-plus paydays. I mean, it was – it was. No, some coaches won't admit it. He admitted it. That was the reason they needed money, and he scheduled yeah, these body bag games. They are admitting those things nowadays, but back then – uh, you didn't kind of really uh, admit that kind of stuff. But you know what? San Jose State is a different program nowadays than it was back in the WAC days. In the WAC days, you would always schedule your homecoming against teams like San Jose State and Utah State. Right. And we were all taunted on, like, hey, you know what? Look, we're big body, man. We Hawaii. Now, everybody's scheduling their homecomings against us. Well, that turns around this weekend. It really does. I'm, I'm looking at... The, the light switch is going to go on. When I look at the um, comparison of some of the, uh, the units for San Jose State and the University of Hawaii, there's, it clearly shows things that Hawaii will need to improve on for this game. For example, it's something we've been talking about for over a year now, is third down conversions. So while San Jose State's not the best around, uh, Hawaii is at 32% uh, for third down conversions. Uh, third down conversions. It's, you need to convert more than three of nine, right? And next to last in the conference. So, yeah, and one of the worst teams in the country at that as well. Right. So Hawaii is horrible on red zone offense, and we are horrible on red zone defense. Let's just stay out of the red zone. That'll solve all of that. You know, score from 21. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take a score from anywhere at this point. If you're if you're running for a touchdown and it looks like you're going to be stopped at the five, take a t uh, take a slide at the twenty at the you know just before the twenty yard line and work it in from there. Uh, Hawaii is not uh, Hawaii's defensive line doesn't provide enough 
uh, pressure. Uh, no sacks to really be uh, spoken of. We talked about turnovers already, but that's where we've got to improve. Now, Hawaii's, uh, as far as yards per game, Hawaii's really good when it comes to a passing offense. We're really bad when it comes to a rushing offense as far as yardage goes. But you could say the same thing in 2007 or 2000, you know, some of these other years where Hawaii was dominating is because we didn't run. Now, Hawaii's not so bad in the run that we can't run the ball. Hawaii, the last couple of games at least, we don't choose to run the ball. We're, we're, we're throwing the ball down the field. We don't have that many offensive carries. So that's why you're averaging like 57 yards a game. So that's kind of a, a um, you, you got to take that number with a grain of salt. In a way, yes, the way you described it, sure. But I look at this as well. I know we're last in the country in rushing because of the attempts, 15 rushing attempts on Saturday. Even though the numbers aren't terrible, the average yard per carry, it just doesn't seem like they're getting hey. any timely positive run when they need them. And that's why I think is part of the reason why they abandoned the running game. Well, we had a four-yard, well, and we're falling behind quick. We had four, yard, uh, four yards per carry average last game. I'll take that any time. You, you run the ball four yards a pop, you don't have to pass the ball at all. Again, the numbers would show, show that. That's a fact, sure. But when you watch these games over the last or this whole season, they haven't really done a good job. They haven't had any explosive runs, any long runs. No, no, no. See, I'm not going runs. way back. I'm just saying this last game, looking well, forward looking to this back. game. Well, that's looking back. So, I mean, I, I'm no, just... no, no, no. I'm just saying that, 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 that we don't, we're, we're starting to run the ball better, at least from last week. Landon Sims is, you know, is he, he's the real deal. Uh, Solo Vipulu. You know what? Maybe he's the secret weapon. We found out he can actually carry the ball and then carry a few defenders with him. Yeah, he did a good job. It was only two carries, I believe, for the 17 yards. But, again, you don't really see. Well, no, no, no. 17 yards on one run, Gary. Okay, well, he had two carries for 17. And, again, I I know he's got the strength and all that. But I I don't think our running game, our rushing attack, is something that defenses fear. And I don't think we've done a good job about breaking any long ones. I mean, Tylen Hines last year, seemingly was almost every game he'd break a 30- or 40-yard run. And for whatever reason, it's not happening. I'm not not living it last year. So what I'm saying is, you know what? I think Hawaii, if they cannot get behind 14 to nothing in the first five minutes of a game – Hey, you know what? Maybe we should use our rushing attack. I remember when we were playing, who did we play two games ago? San Diego State. San Diego State. And Hawaii on the first drive where Hawaii actually kind of got it together. They were using a good mix of the run and the pass. The so, first drive? You know, yeah, the first well, drive three that we scored. Out. Oh, the, the first drive no, we scored. No, the, the, score, the first drive we scored. Now, you'll also, so Hawaii mixed it up. And that's where I really thought, and I'm still going to say it, I think Coach Timmy Chang outcoached Brady Hoke in that game. Brady Hoke was at a loss of what to do. Now, Hawaii's players kind of, you know, vomited the whole thing out onto the field, but it wasn't on the coaching on that one. I thought Timmy Chang called some great plays in that game. I don't think the play calling should be criticized that much, if at all. I do. I mean, Brady Hoke was on our show before that game saying one of the things that he was concerned with is forcing turnovers. They haven't done a good job. That game they did. So I think he got his one of his missions accomplished. Again, back on our side, yeah, I, I know every now and then people will wonder or question the play calling. I don't think that's been the main problem for Hawaii. You know, people complain at the beginning, well, how come they don't throw the deep pass? It's a run and shoot. Well, then they're throwing the deep pass, and some are complaining, well, how come they don't throw the short pass? 
Nishigaya. So, I mean, the fans are going to complain yeah. no matter what, but I like our passing attack. I mean, I think Braden Shager, I know oh, he's yeah. not doing a great job and the interceptions are there, but he and McBride have got a really good him. thing going. I know. He, Listen they, to Venary. They're not I know. Can I finish? Him. They, they've got a good thing going. He and McBride have got a great thing going. You put in Ashlock there, who may have come down a little bit, but he's still a really strong receiver. Pinocchio is healthy now, and we see what he can do. And then you have Nisha Gaia going across the middle on those shorter routes, and I, I do like what they've done. It hasn't been consistent enough, I guess, but we saw what they did against San Diego State with over 400 yards passing in the final three quarters. Against New Mexico, the passing game was, I mean, again, the interceptions obviously cost them, right. but everything else he was doing I thought was a pretty good job overall passing. Yeah, okay, so let's look forward. Look forward to San Jose State. Let's give this some thought because I think that what you're going to what you're going to see on film is you're going to see other teams going, "Hey, watch out for number whatever uh, Kowali Nishigaya is 23, numbers. yeah. So watch out for that guy because he is a guy is a weapon. Now, he's a guy that's always going to seems like he's always going to catch the ball. That's not a problem. He's a guy that's not going to have alligator arms over the middle. That's his specialty. You see, he's a run-and-shoot guy, so he'll look more like Devon Bess and Ryan Grice Mullen out there than anybody else on the team. So I think that's the the uh, the strategy, really, is run the ball a little bit more. Well, first, stop somebody on defense, right? That's the That's got to be number one. Stop the other team from scoring and from scoring quickly. But if... Um, Against, coming up against San Jose State, I mean, if you're going to stretch the field with Stephen McBride and then you're throwing underneath the Kuali Nishigaya, I mean, that's the plan. Can you execute it? Eh, San Jose is going to have something to say about it, but I think that would be the plan, the, the, the way to go. And then you mix in some runs. I think it was a plan against New Mexico, and it's interesting what New Mexico did. They didn't double up on McBride, where San Diego and UNLV did. They just had single coverage against him, and he, you know, he was it wasn't bad. He had a, still had a good game, but that that strategy seemed to work. And I think they maybe by having only one defender on McBride, you have more across the middle. All right, let's give away some uh, UH football tickets for homecoming this week. Call in now, 808-296-1420. Be caller number three. The tickets are yours. That's coming up uh, next. We'll get our winner and more on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. Hope you're having a good day so far. Taco Tuesday, unless you go to Dixie Grill, it's Taco Tuesday. Want to say congratulations to Keale from Waikiki. Keale from Wackywood just won a couple of tickets to homecoming this Saturday on campus there at University of Hawaii. Hawaii against San Jose State. We'll have another pair to give away tomorrow. Now, we were going to have, excuse me, next hour. We'll have another pair of tickets to give away. So keep listening. We've got a little bonus going on today. We were going to have Daryl Garvin from the uh, Easy Post Hawaii Bowl uh, come on because they got a big fundraiser coming up. We'll have him on tomorrow to get more details. And uh, they do this every year. This is called Flavors of Football. It's a wine tasting. And uh, it's at Oahu Country Club, 6 p.m. Oh, it's coming up Thursday already. So uh, they're going to have music provided by Kalei Cam- uh, Camarillo and Anthony Fluke. 
You can get your tickets at hawaiibowlfoundation.org, and uh, the net proceeds will go to the Hawaii Bowl Foundation, an extra yard for teachers. Uh, you can Google extra yard for teachers. It's a very good. Uh, it's a, a very good deal there. So they're gonna have, they're gonna have you know poo poo, a large selection of ninety point wines. That means it's you know they're not gonna have Gary's Boone's Farm there or anything. They'll have a live auction and a lot more. Anyway, it's a nice evening, and it raises money for a great cause because the Hawaii Bowl Foundation. You've been to the Hawaii Bowl before, where like in the third quarter, they line up like. 60 people on the field and they just start handing out checks so that's what uh, one of the uh, one of the deals that this is for so uh check it out if you like wine you want to try new ones because you know you go to the store you're like oh which one well this label looks good how about the one with the duck on it let's get that or let's get the one with the criminal from australia there's one with snoop dog let's pick up you know what and those are all fine but you can actually taste the wines and uh, have a little taste, and then see which one you like. And they'll also, Mark Milton's going to be there, and so he'll be educating you on what you're having and all that kind of stuff. So if you like wine or you want to get into wine, it's a place to be. Uh, once again, all the details, just go to thehawaiibowl.com and, uh, or hawaiibowlfoundation.org, either one, and uh, you can get, check out the info. But uh, it's Flavors of Football on Thursday. Hey, one thing that we heard yesterday I think is pretty cool was announced yesterday that the in-season hard knocks for this year will be featuring the Miami Dolphins. So we will get to see a lot of Tua Tagovailoa. It starts next month on HBO, and they've done this now I think the third year they've done the in-season hard knocks, but we'll get to see Tua on that. I think that's going to be really cool, and it starts again in less than a month. I wonder if Tua Tagovailoa is going to be uh, just happy about that. You'll remember when a reporter in the preseason said, hey, you got married, and he was like, uh, what, what are you know? Are you stalking me or whatever? He wasn't happy that uh, they were looking into his private life. Now, this is, are they going to follow him home and stuff? They usually do on the hard knock. Not every player, but they'll pick a few. They did it with DeForest Buckner a lot when he was on with Indianapolis the end season. I don't know about that part, about his home life, but just to see him even in the locker room, just behind the scenes, I think it's going to be great. I can't wait to see that perfect team. To I want to see Tyreek Hill because we already know Tua. We already know what he's like. But I like I want to I want to learn about say Tyreek Hill and some of these other players. That's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm and there's sure, always yeah. going to be somebody we're not sure of. Mm. It might be a special teamer or somebody that you come out and root for, isn't there? Oh, always, always. Yeah, it's the fun part. One of the fun things about it. I'm looking forward to. I'm glad it's Miami though this year. All right, uh, let's see. Top stories we're following. That's coming up next, and another pair of tickets to give away to University of Hawaii's homecoming against San Jose State this weekend. Hey, if you want to uh, check out some UH football, NFL, other college football, Leeward Bowl is the place to be because there you've got 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar. Uh, They're going to be opening up early on Sundays at 6 a.m. They're going to show all of the games. they got a video wall of games. Uh, you can shoot pool, throw darts. Hey, go bowling afterwards. Who knows? It's the place, we're talking about 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar, the place for UH College and NFL football. And he said, there's water in you just like the sea. It's moving and grooving to the rhythm of the Good morning. Ocean. Remember, we got to Game 7, Major League Baseball. It's the NLCS Game 7 today. 
Diamondbacks and Phillies. 1.30 p.m. broadcast time here on ESPN Honolulu. Can't wait for that. Nothing better than a Game 7. And if you're mm-hmm. deciding who to cheer for, well, Arizona does have a Hawaii connection. Mike Fetters is the bullpen coach uh, for Arizona. So it's nice to see him in a World Series if they can get that far and get that road win today. Hey, he's a really nice guy. Okay, uh, I, got a, I got a dog in the fight. Well, we'll see what happens uh, after today. Of course, the Texas Rangers already in with a, a great performance by, oh gosh, I forget his first name. Adalas, Adalas. Yeah, man, what a what a record-setting day. Man. Unbelievable. Yes. And Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy belongs in Major League Baseball. Bruce Bochy, and I'm sure that's who they designed the manager in the movie series Major League after him. Listen <laughs> to the manager on Major League. Listen to Bruce Bochy talk. They're the same person. Although I think the movie came out before Bruce Bochy became a manager. Maybe he was based on the manager. Maybe he came out and wanted to be like the manager in the movie. <laughs> and I believe he's under, I think he's 6-0 now in Game 7s, if I'm not mistaken. I yes, saw that. Right. Incredible. <laughs> Great hire right, by ace. Texas. The start of the NBA season is today which means we can start paying attention pretty soon, like in a couple of months. Well, I'd say a couple of hours. I'll wait till 2 o'clock. We have uh, Denver hosting the L.A. Lakers, Phoenix, Golden State. Uh, great matchup to start the season. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I know it doesn't get really heavy, or a lot of people, like you said, until Christmas time paying that much attention. But if you're a basketball fan, you love it now, and I'm going to love right. it starting this afternoon. All right, so if you tune in at 2 o'clock, maybe you're going to miss the uh, you'll, you'll miss the first part of the game. Actually, the broadcast starts at 1.30. The broadcast at 1.30 on TNT, they got a doubleheader. So it's the Lakers and the Nugs and the Phoenix Suns and uh, Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Okay, so that's going on. We've got Major League Baseball. University of Hawaii football homecoming is uh, coming up this weekend. You can't wait for that. One, one quick note on the NBA. I read last night that Amazon is in discussions with the NBA, Amazon Prime, to try to get a package like NFL football and maybe doing it on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We'll keep our eyes on that. Uh, for UH football, homecoming is always special. June Jones will be one of the uh, ex-players and coaches honored this weekend. Uh, so you get to see him. And uh, hopefully maybe that'll be a little bit of inspiration for the running shoot to really go off this week. And they've been coming close a few times. Not last week, though. So hopefully they can get that win. It'd be the first win in conference play and a much-needed win against a team that has been playing better lately. San Jose State has won their last two hopefully hawaii at home with a good crowd we hope can get the job done captain fun sent us a little something here yeah from the university of hawaii eric matthews he's the marketing guy and he says uh this is a this is a big deal gary that students entering the facility will be directed to a new entrance again whoa Was there a problem with the old entrance? Well, I believe this would be the third one. Then I believe they changed it a few weeks ago where they had them entering during the left. There was videos put out on social media on how to walk and where to walk. And I guess they're going to do it again. Really? (laughs) And do they do they pin a note on the back of their (laughs) T-shirts so they're to bring home to their parents after the game? Uh, yeah, they do, actually, yeah. Extra credit. Did they do that back in the 40s when you were going to school? <laughs> well, in the 50s, they started doing that, I believe, yeah. I remember when you were a little kid, they, that's what they do. They have a little safety, I think it was, yeah, a little safety pin, and they, you, all the little kids. I never had to do now? that. I've never had to I deal with that. I wonder if they do that now. Well, now I think they just send emails out to the parents. But back then, when we were little, so I went to school from, 
I guess I was in preschool in like 1969 to whatever, 1982. You went to preschool but, well, for 13 years? It was, it was a hard school. It was St. Clement's. <laughs> it's a real hard one. But, but, the, but like I, when you're like preschool or like even like, oh, gosh, maybe like first grade or kindergarten or something, like uh, Mrs. Ane in kindergarten, she would, she would uh, you know, bop, put a little safety pin, and they clip a, clip the the note to your parents on the back of everyone's shirts. So you're, it's in the little pickup area. Everyone's running around and playing kickball, but they all got a little piece of paper on their back to bring home to mommy. Well, nowadays they do it a little different. Everybody has a cell phone, so they just use GPS, and everybody can text each other and know where to go. No, no, no. It's not where to go. It's something like, hey, coming up, it's uh, you know, it's a, it's a note for the parents about the luau or something. Or field trips you know? and stuff so like nowadays that. Okay, they, would okay. use, they would use email for that. But, uh, yeah, here's where to walk. Here's where not to go. You know, the um, um, tomorrow, by the way, high school volleyball is H-O-T hot. Punahou and Kamehameha are playing on Thursday. We'll have that game on our uh, other station, CBS 1500, for you. And we've been playing a lot of uh, girls' volleyball games lately. They're very exciting. And so Punahou, Kamehameha, that's, you know, that's Ali Frazier. And uh, we got we're gonna have Chris Blake, the Kamehameha coach, on tomorrow. Uh, kind of you know just you know give him some pub, let everyone know what's going on with Kamehameha volleyball. Yeah, he's been. Uh, we, we were thinking of there. having the Punahou coach, but with the, with myself and Tanner, that would be a little too much Punahou overload for people. And we're used to that though, but that will be a great well, volleyball match as usual with those two teams. Yeah. So um, we were talking about the you know where the students walk and. This thing with the entrance, that's just, a, you know, just joking around there. But yesterday I brought this up. And and people who are, and there are some people who are really upset and, oh, this, you know, they're, what's going on with our coaches and everything like that. And I'll bring it up again, and, and I'm reminded by about facilities and things that Coach Timmy Chang has to deal with. So here's something that is going on at San Jose State. They, they send this note to all the media. And the San Jose State Spartans, they opened their brand-new Spartan Athletic Center right there on the east side of their stadium. Uh, it's the most transformative capital project in San Jose State history. Uh, it's about $70 million. It, made, uh, it will make its television debut, so it made it, I guess, I get it, they played Oregon State already. Anyway. They just finished building a two-story, 55,000-square-foot building. It's going to be the new home of Spartan football, men's and women's soccer, amenities for student-athletes, 22 athletic teams. So everybody, it's this big sports building. They say it's critical to leveling the playing field in areas of facilities and recruiting by providing access to first-class amenities, including locker rooms, an auditorium, dining facilities, a player lounge, coaches' offices, position meeting rooms. Do we have position meeting rooms? Yeah, I believe so. We do have that. Where is that? Where are Where the those? coaches' offices are. They have conference rooms there. So I'm not sure if they have one for every position separately. Maybe no, they share them. No, they don't. Them. They don't. That's where Laura Beeman is. Those are coaches' offices. They got a couple of conference rooms. That's what but I, I said. doubt yeah. they meet up. Right, they got a couple of conference rooms, but they don't have a room for DBs. They don't have a room for quarterbacks. 
Yeah, that's that's something different. So they got uh, position meeting rooms, a nutrition station, premium viewing and hospitality areas on game day for fans. This is San Jose State football. San Jose State football in the past hasn't put much money into their programs. You had Dick Tomey playing body bag games to raise money, you mentioned last hour. That's kind of how San Jose State rolled. Now, they still play tough opponents. They played USC and Oregon State this year. And uh, it's such a difference how San Jose State has grown. Look how Utah State has grown. Boise State's a uh, you know perennial pretty good. Air Force is always up there. Look where UNLV is this year. They're undefeated. One more game, and they're going to a bowl game. Well, they are bowl seen... eligible. They are bowl eligible. Oh, they are. They are yeah. twelve games only. Yeah. Okay, so they're bowl eligible already here in the month of October. So here in Hawaii. We have a football program and a university which the government, government leaders, are trying to trying to fail them. You have people in the, who are in charge of the money looking out to get with personal vengeances against the University of Hawaii. You see, they're supposed to give UH money. And UH is autonomous, and they spend it how they want. Yet those three politicians, well, they give them the money, and they want to tell them how to spend it. UH says no. And they say, well, okay, you know what? No stadium for you. They built their own stadium. They said, why would you do that? That's horrible. It's a waste of money. They have no choice. So you play in a uh, in a stadium that was, looked like it was built in Lego, Legoland. It's unco- you, 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 there were a certain amount of seats you had to be to be an, uh, FBS eligible. So you crammed as many seats as you could in a small space. You have a 15,000-seat stadium. The best athletes in Hawaii are going away. I can't th- help but think that that might be one of the reasons. You don't have a, a very – I mean, it's, a, it's a, I like the stadium. Don't get me wrong. But too many people don't go to the games or haven't renewed their tickets because they're uncomfortable. So you uh, and so you've got a very very small stadium. You have the legislature working against you, doing everything they can to hold back whatever they can. You have um, which hurts your recruiting. We got some good players. Look at our great receivers. We got a good quarterback, but it's hard. You don't have enough good players. Because of all of the things I'm talking about. So you come out and you blame Timmy Chang? I don't think so. No other coach, and this I don't think this is arguable, no other coach of the 133 or 130 teams, however there are in the FBS, has to deal with what Coach Timmy Chang has to deal with. Most other coaches on the FCS level don't have to deal with what Coach Timmy Chang has to deal with. I'm amazed that we've won two games so far this year. Really? That can't be disputed. 
that unfortunately is really true and really accurate. Still, I, I think that still you still should be able to win a game or two more than they have, but the obstacles that they're up against, and again, as we keep pointing out, I think people should really understand this, is that it's not going to turn over overnight. I mentioned Wayne Hunter, the former lineman, his comments on social media yesterday, where he said, it's not it's, what June Jones did is really the exception. That's not going to happen when you turn it around in one year. It takes time. He's actually saying he's satisfied with what they're doing. They're really try, starting to turn it around, but I guess you know, people, and my, myself included, I was hopeful that they could reach a bowl game this year. But you have to understand it is a process, and I think they still are headed in the right direction. They've got some really good recruits coming in next year. They've got good players this year. Unfortunately, well, it hasn't translated into wins yet. Well, yeah, I, we, we haven't got we, – we still give up the ball too much. We still can't convert on third down. You know, I mean, we probably lead the country in, uh, you know, fourth down attempts out of necessity. The defense can't stop anybody. I mean, these are all things that, it, it, I don't know, it, has it gotten better from week one to now? We've seen glimpses of hope, and then we get, you know, and then, you know, we get blown out by teams that are perennial losers. Like last year, New Mexico State. This year, New Mexico. You, you're saying, oh, Nevada's the worst team in the conference. Oh, good thing we got them coming up. Well, not so fast there, Sparky. And that's what the coach has to deal with, with recruiting, is trying to get people to come. Uh, to a situation like this. Nick Rolovich didn't have this problem, right? Nick Rolovich was fortunate enough to follow Norm Chow. Uh, June Jones was fortunate enough to follow, June Jones was fortunate enough to follow uh, Fred Von Oppen. By the way, a guy on Fred Von Oppen's staff, Brent Brennan. <laughs> he was there mm. for one year. And uh, anyway, uh, we got somebody on the phone. We'll take a quick phone call. John is on the phone. Hi, John. Hey, John. What's going on? Yeah, you know, you can't blame you can't blame Timmy. You can't blame Timmy. He he took over such a horrible situation, and you know he was doomed to fail. We all knew that. And and you know all the blame goes on Matlin. If you ask me, we had Rolovich, we had it rolling. All he had to do was hire Stutzman or Smith. We had the quarterback set for the future, and and you know, like John Venery said, we have a we have a coaching staff that is learning. We knew that already. Timmy was a position coach. You look throughout the landscape of college football, who are they hiring? They're hiring the best coordinators they can find. That's how Rolovich got hired by Washington State and paid millions. That was a, that's a blueprint for every, every team. And what we do, we hire a, a position coach who nobody else would even hire for a coordinator, no, no legitimate program. And so we got what we, what we knew we were hiring, and that goes on Matlin. And I hope that decision doesn't cost us a Division One football team. Have a good day, Allah. All right. Yeah, I don't well, think it'll a, cost us that. That's a but. positive thought. You know what? Uh, we have other phone callers calling in, guys. And uh, you know what? We can pick this up because we do have a guest coming up next. The Maui Invitational is on the way. We're going to spend about five minutes with Dave Odom, uh, who is uh, with the Maui Invitational. He's going to join us coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, uh, you know what? Show your support. Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, come on down to the Timmy Chang Show at Ruby Tuesday, Moanalua. We'll be there giving away prizes, and uh, the Venaries will be there. We'll have a, one of the student-athletes from the team and coach as well. Now, if you miss it on the radio or in person, you can always catch the Encore performance the next day, same time, on KHI TV. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu.
Back with the animals on ESPN Honolulu. Don't forget more Rainbow Warrior football tickets to give away. Kavika Hallams is going to join us in a few minutes. Right now we have the executive director of the Maui Invitational, Dave Odom. Good morning, sir. Aloha, my friends. It's been a long time. Hadn't talked to you in quite a while. I'm glad to be back with you. Yeah, Dave, this is Gary. It's, it's been about 22 years, I believe, maybe 23, since I hosted your team at Wake Forest. That was a while ago. This might be the first time you're back at the Stan Sheriff Center with all the games being played on Maui, but it's going to be good to have the teams playing here this year. Well, it really is. I've made uh, two or three trips to Oahu uh, with teams throughout the year. I've always had a very, very good experience. Uh, people are friendly there. Uh, the shopping is great for the wives as they travel. Uh, getting around is, is easy. The beaches are available. It's, uh, it's great. And, of course, the most important thing is the arena is, uh, is available and, you know, we can get over and back and practices. It's just uh, always been a good experience. Yeah, it's unfortunate that it can't be played at the Lahaina Civic Center. We know about the wildfires there. Hopefully it'll be back there next year. But uh, we will have it this year. A lot more seats available, and the tickets are available at MauiInvitational.com. And this field, I mean, this is just, I mean, every year it seems like the Maui Invitational has an unbelievable field. This year, no exception. you got the number one preseason team in Kansas coming in, but you've also got Marquette, you've got Tennessee, you've got uh, Gonzaga, you've got so many great teams coming in, UCLA as well. This is going to be an unbelievable tournament coming up Thanksgiving week in November. You know, I, I try to work on these fields uh, four to five years in advance, and you never know. I mean, you, you what you're doing is, uh, or what I'm doing is, I look at the, the different teams that are available, and they're not all available every year because we have some NCAA rules we have to go by. Uh, but you you try to project uh, who is good year in and year out. It's not unlike the football playoffs. I mean, if you go back uh, 20 years and you ask who are the five best uh, football teams and uh, that could be in the football playoffs. You're going to end up with Alabama, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, uh, Georgia. You, you get the you get the uh, hint there. And basketball, hopefully, is the same way. And I, I know when I started putting this uh, field together, you know, I looked at it and I said, well, uh, you know, who, who out of the Big Ten? Purdue. Purdue, let's put them in. Syracuse out of the ACC is available. Take them. Gonzaga is one of our best friends. Uh, it, they come every four years. I don't even have to ask them. Uh, Kansas, Kansas every year brings in a top five rating this year, the number one preseason. And, uh, you know, they, they always play well. Last time they were in, I think they, they beat Duke in that classic game. Right. So uh, they're good. And then Marquette's the number five in the country. UCLA is, uh, the closest there, uh, other than of course, uh, Chaminade. And then uh, Tennessee and uh, Syracuse. So we do have a banner year. And, and I'll be honest about it, I get, uh, when I put these, these together, I always get coaches calling me and, you know, complaining a little bit about the pairings. This year, I didn't have, I had one coach call me and say, I can't believe you did this to me. And I got to tell you who it was. And I said, well, who would you like to have played? He stopped for a minute, he looked at the field, and he said, I don't guess it really matters, you know. So <laughs> that was that was that was the extent of that. 
It's like pick your poison because, again, like you say, every opponent is a really, really good one. I thought was also what was cool about this, Dave, is we heard yesterday the AP preseason All-American team was unveiled, and three of the top five players will be coming to Oahu for the Maui Invitational as well, starting November 20th as well. Well, uh, that's that's part of uh, the preseason hype that goes into college basketball. And uh, believe me, I mean, this is a tremendous time of the year if you're a sports ad- advocate. I mean, you have baseball playoffs going on. Football, college football is right in the middle of, uh, of their season. Uh, the NFL is right in the middle of their season. And now you got college basketball uh, starting up. Uh, so uh, it's an exciting time of the year, and it's kind of like pick your poison uh, or, or just, you know, just turn on the TV wherever the dial lies. You're going to get great uh, athletics. But we think as we get closer to uh, the first of, well, Thanksgiving, uh, people are going to start thinking Maui Invitational Tournament in Hawaii. And that's what that's what we're pushing for. You're hearing the voice of Dave Odom with the Maui Invitational. Tickets are on sale MauiInvitational.com. And I guess one of the cool things also about having it here in Oahu at the Stan Sheriff Center, there's going to be a lot more seats available. And the Oahu fans who had to travel to Maui in the past, they get to stay here and watch it. I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. All three days, 12 games over those three games. And as you mentioned, the number one team in Kansas coming here, the other top 10 teams. I know in the past, Dave, you guys have run some clinics and some other events in Lahaina and Kaanapali. What about this year? Is anything going to be going on in Oahu? Well, I hope I'm not too premature here, but I just uh, closed a, an agreement with uh, the notable and exciting Pete Gillen. Uh, Pete uh, was a college head coach for a number of years. He's now doing uh, sports for another network, uh, but he doesn't start until uh, after the tournament's over. So I extended an invitation to Pete. He's coming over with me. Uh, and together we're going to do a clinic. I think it's going to be on Sunday morning, uh, 10 or 11 o'clock in the Stan Sheriff uh, Arena. So we're excited about that. Pete is enthusiastic. Uh, he loves coaching the game of basketball, particularly loves uh, coaching young boys and girls, and we're going to have both there. Uh, so, yes, the answer is yes. We are going to do some clinics and try to uh, excite some people. And I appreciate you mentioning about the tickets. Tickets, uh, typically this time of year, uh, we begin as administrators for the tournament, we begin to feel the squeeze for more tickets. People calling in and saying, I've got four, <laughs> I need six. You know, that kind of thing. We, we Sometimes we just have to tell them we don't have it. That's not true. That's one of the nice things about being over in Honolulu is that there are, there should be, uh, tickets for everybody. They just got to call and, and uh, get online and ask for the, uh, the particular way to get the tickets. So uh, tickets are available, and we expect to have our biggest crowds uh, in the uh, Stan Sheriff Arena. MauiInvitational.com is the place to go to get your tickets. Should be a great atmosphere, 12 games over three days. And if you like college basketball, you will love it. Again, all those great teams and great players. We can't wait. Dave, thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you here in a couple of weeks. Mahalo, guys. Many thanks to you, and I sure appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you when I touch ground over there. And it can't come for me 
fast enough. Us too. We feel the same way. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. All right, Dave Odom, former Wake Forest coach. He was Tim Duncan's coach way back when at Wake Forest, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. Check out the players on the All-American team. Zach Eddy from Purdue, 7-4. Wait to see him in person. I saw him a couple of years ago. Unbelievable. First-team All-American, Tyler Kolick of Marquette. He's a, a 6-3 guard. And Hunter Dickinson, who was at Michigan the last few years, he's a 7-foot center, 7-2, and he is now with Kansas. So it's going to be fantastic coming up starting November. 20th yeah there's like four teams in the top 15 that are going to be here at simplify arena at the stan sheriff center again tickets mauiinvitational.com get yours it's 832 david hallam's david oh i called him david oh don't call me by my english name kavika hallam's uh joins us from spectrum sports on uh basketball uh that's coming up next here on espn honolulu uh, I wanted to remind you again, uh, Pigskin Picks is the place where you can win $1,000 cash, maybe a $100 weekly prize. Uh, it's brought to you by M. Dyer Global and Young's Fish Market. You can register right now and play at ESPNHonolulu.com. A lot of football in the last segment. Of course, we talked some college basketball. We'll continue that right now. We're going to talk University of Hawaii basketball as we are joined here on ESPN Honolulu. You see him on Spectrum Sports for UH football and UH basketball. Kavika Hallam's back with us. Kavika, great to talk to you again. That was the first time I got to watch you at the tip-off banquet for the basketball team on Thursday night. Great job you did introducing (laughs) the players and just making the round and being kind of the best host they've ever had. (laughs) <laughs> you know, humbly, I want to say thank you for that, Gary, and also great seeing you. And, of course, love talking to you and Chris. How's it about? Good to be here. Yeah, it was a great event. Great event on Thursday night. Uh, what were your thoughts on the exhibition game against St. Mary's Friday night? I mean, the score showed that, first, to me, St. Mary's is a really, really good basketball team. I shouldn't be surprised at that. But on the University of Hawaii side, what were your observations? Yeah, we had, you, you said it. Thank God it was an exhibition. <laughs> and uh, we took it as a practice session. And I got to say, um, I'm still excited for what this year holds for the University of Hawaii basketball team. Of course, picked to finish third in the Big West. And, you know, all these returnees. So they have a lot of – to me, you know, and I'm always hard on Iran. I'm bothering him, bugging him, and texting him and whatnot is the fact that there's no excuses this year, guys. Uh, we are loaded, in my opinion, in Big West Conference terms, of course. Uh, St. Mary's kind of showed us where we're at as far as nationally. But at the same time, in the Big West Conference, it should be an exciting year for Hawaii basketball within the conference. And hopefully, pick, you know, punching that single ticket to the NCAA tournament. That's, that's how much I'm saying about it right now, just because on paper, but also how they've played in the past and the people that they have coming back. And that's just going to, I think it's going to be an amazing big West season for the men's basketball. Definitely has the promise of being that hopefully they can stay healthy and fulfill those goals. I want to ask you about a couple of players, one returning and one of the new players. Then I'll start with Jovan McClanahan. Seems like on Friday night, he started where he left off last year, which is being one of the main offensive threats for Hawaii. Just doing a really good job getting those uh, fadeaway jumpers to fall the first two of the game. I really liked what he brought on Friday night. Yeah, no question about it. You know, I always beat myself over the head because I'm thinking, why didn't I add that into my repertoire back in my day? Because, 
my gosh, that fadeaway that Jordan and Nando Braun is and Kobe, but man, Javon, for that size and the strength that he has to be able to penetrate in the lane, and then he got that just a great way of using his shoulders. He's such a strong kid, but that fadeaway is just hard to get to, and he's such an accurate shooter that everyone thinks that, you know, it's a lucky shot, but gosh, he's been hitting that lucky shot at about 70% whenever he gets into that lane that deep, but just an amazing player, and he's the reason why I'm always excited that as long as he's running the show, he has a heart, he has that desire, that determination, and it just spreads throughout the whole team. He has that no-quit attitude, but wow, that offensive that offensive repertoire that he has, I think it's going to be an exciting year. Kavika Holland joining us here on ESPN Honolulu talking Hawaii basketball. As far as the new players, I was impressed with Justin McCoy, and I know, again, it was just a preseason, just one game, but you could see the skill set that he has, some of the creativity and a lot of things he did even without the ball on Friday night. No question about it, and I, I totally agree, Gary. And he was one of the guys I was anxious to see play due to his history of obviously being at the University of Virginia, not just being on the team, but he contributed. Also was in there when they won the ACC title as well, and then making his way to North Carolina and playing there as well, and then they're making it to the title game. And so he has all this experience, but what I liked about him was his, his, the humility that he has and just meeting him for the first time on Thursday night and seeing that he appears to be a team guy. He's not – I like to watch the bench a lot when the play – you know, when everything's happening because you, that's when I see, you know, just being not just the police in me but everything in me <laughs> where you can see and judge how people really react to good things happening for other people, you know, that kind of thing. And for him to have that resume, to come in with that humility and the way he played, he could still easily be coached. Can I just get back out there? Because he looks like a 20 and 10 guy every night, just the way he looks. But the way he played is such such a smooth, smooth game that he has. And you can see that, that he's going to be a, a great addition once he gets comfortable, obviously, with the system and understanding how Iran does things. But, um, yeah, no question, Gary. That, that, that was a guy that definitely stood out in the rare minutes that he did play. But I'm sure those minutes are going to increase as he gets more comfortable running Iran Ganat's things and, and being more comfortable with his teammates. I thought Bernardo da Silva showed what he's capable of, and we know he's had that talent before. I thought he showed some of that on Friday night. Morsek put up good numbers. I'd like to see him be a little bit stronger and aggressive on the rebounds, though, because he went up against another seven-footer for St. Mary's, and that was number 45, McKeever. But a couple of times he got outboxed out, I guess, is one way of putting it on some of those boards. But overall, we know what he can do, and he showed a little bit of that on Friday. Yes, exactly. And he also showed the fact that he's foul-prone. You know, like, he came in there, picked up two quick fouls, and, and exited the game. But what I do like about it is he is he's a aggressive type of defender. He's not going to just look in and watch you take shots. Although there's times when I thought he could still have challenged more shots while he was in there. But, yes, they have a different-looking type of seven-footers for St. Mary's that come in there with that physicality, the shoulders. They have the entire build. But Morsek uses his strengths to his, you know, you know, he's not going to be the guy that's going to, you know, pin you in the box. But he can be that type to help from the backside, just get in your way. And when you look at him and you stand next to him and you've, you've seen him, Gary, is, man, that guy's a physical and he's imposing. So it's just a matter of him. And I even kidded with him, saying, hey, so how much weight did you gain over the summer? Because he looked like, you know, I was like, okay, you knew you had to gain 30 pounds. And he goes, uh, I, I lost five pounds. I was like, oh, oh. 
Unless you're webbing Yama, um, yeah, it's not happening right now. But but he's a great kid, and I'm just glad because he also mentioned to me privately that you know he had opportunities to leave. That is why I totally love this kid and his loyalty to the program, knowing he could have left the islands to make money and be at another school. But he loves Hawaii, loves what the people have have shown him so far, and I commend him for that big time. All right, we're talking. We got some football tickets giveaway in just a couple of seconds. Talking UH basketball with Kavika Hallams. You know, it seems like the team at least was injury free on Friday night, but I understand there was one injury during the game, and that was Larry Beal with a t-shirt toss. He said he might have torn his rotator cuff. I've never seen anybody throw t-shirts into the crowd with the passion that Larry Beal had. He said he's trying to hit the top row of the Stan Sheriff Center. He fell just a little bit short. I think he's still hurting from that. You know, Larry, of course, obviously he's our guy, and he's the guy that I've met back in our days 30, oh, my gosh, 30 years ago. And, <laughs> you know, being on a Japan trip, we got closer back in uh, my senior year, back in the days. But, yes, he still had that energy, and you could see him if you saw the, uh, the telecast of how he just dominates the, the, the show. And I thought he actually was calling the game at one point. But he's a guy that, yes, I, I kind of told him, I said, hey, there's nothing wrong with underhand the first row and just wave to the crowd <laughs> walk back to the tunnel and chill out, my man. Hey, you know, you know what? <laughs> yeah, but Gary, you can't criticize the guy. At least he gave it a shot. Oh, he gave it a At big shot. I'm not criticized. I felt bad that he got hurt. He would he was like a starting quarterback in the NFL, take a three step back, <laughs> wind up, and throw it like a quarterback with a left handed delivery. You said the shirts unraveled, and that was his excuse for not reaching the top row. <laughs> no, but the thing with Larry is he's a competitor. And you can see it, and I'm just glad he was able to participate along with Neil Everett, man. You know, that's big-time support for Iran, and, you know, it was amazing to have these guys here in town and in person, so that was great. Well, three weeks from tonight, the regular season will start. It'll be November 14th against UH Hilo. Can't wait for that to happen. Hopefully we'll talk again throughout the season. Kavika, thanks again for spending a few minutes with us. Hey no, hey, no problem. Thank you guys very much. Gary, real quick, who's your starting five for the men's basketball team since, since Scott put us on the spot? Well, I would put Justin McCoy in there with Bernardo Da Silva, Jovan McClanahan, Dewell Coleman. The fifth one, I'm not sure if I would go with Harry Ruliadef or maybe a Morse. Like, I'm not sure if they want to go big, but I think Justin McCoy is going to move into that starting lineup. All right. Nicely said. You know, I totally agree. Totally agree, Gary, which is rare, so we're in trouble. <laughs> Great minds see. think alike. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, yeah, Kavika. Hey, have a good time. Great job. Thank you, guys. Chris, take care, bro. Thank you, brother. All right. Uh, can't wait. I can't. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I'm I'm thinking that uh, Javon McClanahan is going to be a starter this year. You think so? You sure you want to stick yeah. with that? <laughs> <laughs> Let's give away football tickets. Call in now. Be caller number two. You got to be fast. 808-296-1420. We'll have uh, two tickets for you for a homecoming against San Jose State. We'll get our winner and wrap it all up next here on ESPN Honolulu. Before we do that, uh, check it out, check it out. HCAMP is the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program. So they're asking parents, coaches, and athletes you, uh, really to check out the website. Learn more about recognizing concussion systems. You see? When you're talking on the air with a concussion, that's what happens. Uh, check out more about re recognizing concussion symptoms. Visit hawaiiconcussion.com.
Hey, congratulations. Terry in Salt Lake scored the tickets. More for you to win uh, tomorrow here on ESPN Honolulu. Congratulations. Homecoming coming up for the uh, University of Hawaii football team. And um, I see here the 19, if you are a UH football alumni, if you're an alum, you can uh, join the 1973 team and uh, run through the tunnel at the Eva end zone during the pregame show. So we should, uh, you know what, we should uh, mic up Hunter Hughes and have old Hunty run through the line there. Right? Or put a little, uh, what do you call that camera you strap to your head? Or the front of your surfboard? What do you call that? You don't know. I'm sure, sure I do. somebody will know. That's um, it's, GoPro. It's a, is that GoPro? a GoPro? Yeah. GoPro. Okay. Stick a GoPro on Hunter's head and have him run through the run through with the guys. 1973 team. Are you sure they're going to be running through the line <laughs> yeah, there? I was going to ask. I've been desperately looking for a 1973 University of Hawaii football roster. And the last couple of guys you were talking to, I was that's what I was doing. I can't find it. I can't find it anywhere. The closest thing I could do to see who's on this 1973 team would be by looking at the Star Bulletin. Remember that? Oh, yeah. This, uh, Jim Hackleman. I think it was Don Robb's good friend. Jim Hackleman was a sports editor. And I'm looking at the uh, 1972 OIA West All-Stars. And I see Alex Kaloy from Lelehua. And so he must have been on that. He was on UH. He must have been on that 73 team. Now, he's not with us anymore. Uh, but Paul Dombrowski was a utility all-star, also from Lelehua. Wow, they got a lot of guys from Lelehua. That's a football name. What? Dombrowski. Dombrowski, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they got a – I'm try, trying to see if there's other famous uh, – uh, Hugh Yoshida. Was the coach in nineteen seven? Wow, how's that? He was the coach seventy two. Fifty years ago, wow. Must have been pretty young for him then. Yeah, he's a he's a very young guy in this uh, photo. But anyway, uh, we'll find out. We have more uh, fun facts for you coming up. I don't know. Yeah, we got time for a couple of texts. If you want to text in at 808-296-1420, I know that we didn't get a chance to get to any today, darn it. Um, I'm looking at here about uh, UH. It says, I agree with Gary. They should have at least one or two more wins. Did you say that? Yes. The turnover did us in a couple of games. Chris made a good point in the past shows. If they just integrate the button hook, <laughs> shovel pass, slants and screens, they convert more on third downs. Our receivers are great. Kowali is almost always open. You know how they uh, when uh, Scott Van Pelt is on and 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 is who's the guy? Stanford Steve is with him. Right. Whenever they have a highlight and the throw goes to the tight end, Stanford Steve always goes tight ends always open. When we're doing uh, when you're if you're looking at highlights of University of Hawaii football and you show Kowali, Kowali's always open. He does a good job, and I, you know, I know people question why he hasn't been used more. But what we've seen with this football team and the receivers is that they kind of share the wealth. Now McBride is getting most of the targets, and Ashlock maybe number two, but they seem to be spreading around to four or five guys getting four or five receptions a game. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No, no, but I mean the guy. You know what? The guy's tough. The guy holds on to the ball. 
How many times has Kowali Nishigaya even dropped a pass this year? Can't recall any, but yeah, I know last year he was injured and didn't get a chance to show a lot, but we had high hopes for him coming into this program. At least some of us did. All right. Uh, what does that mean? Well, you remember we talked about him on the air, and you didn't seem very high on him in the past. Oh, just because I hadn't seen him play, and nobody really saw him play. You saw him play in high school. But anyway, not the time to start up because we got to go. We'll see you tomorrow. This is ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM.